shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Benelli. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Phil Benelli. There are many things in this great country of ours which impact your ability to run your business. One of those which we often take for granted, but we shouldn't, is our legal system and the stability of that. Here on the show today, I'm lucky to have Gainesville City Chief of Police, Mr. Jay Parrish. Jay, how are you? I'm good. How about you, Phil? I am great. Jay, I'm happy to have you on the show show for many reasons. With lots of great information. Plus, you, you've you got to be just about the most fun police chief that there is on the planet. I think, uh, thanks for that. I think sometimes people call it immature or <laughs> lack of focus, but fun. I take fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll assign that one. Anytime somebody calls me out in a meeting again, I'm just, I'm just being fun. Well, and you need that. Life's too short to be serious all the time, right? There's time to be serious, but right. it's not at a funeral. There you go. So how do you balance that? Just diving right in. I mean, your work... You know, there, there might be sometimes we'll say in business, you know, if something goes wrong, well, nobody's going to die. Well, there, there are things at your work where things could go wrong and people could die. I mean, it's just a much more serious thing. Right. I think police, law enforcement and military are the two where death is a possible outcome, right? Possible outcome. Um, so that's definitely in our in our minds a lot of time. And I think the gap that we see between us and the community is a lot of times officers are thinking that hey i'm in i'm in the crosshairs when right. the citizens just not thinking that at all and there's right. there's where we have this kind of communication gap but um yeah it's uh we're going back to being fun let's talk about fun yeah. for a minute, not, well not, because i think it's important to be able to be lighthearted because th- that burden is there that, that's right that's what i was going to get to that if we can't have fun with it if we can't uh monopolize on the good pieces of what we mm. do then it does just become this gray doomy and uh, a lot of times i think what we've seen over the the decades is law enforcement turned into this cynicism Mm. uh, funnel and it's still there and we have to protect against it but uh that because of the things the cop sees um and i know we're going to get to some of this later in the show but statistically speaking an average adult will see three to five traumatic events in their lifetime just three to five all right um, most police officers in an agency my size or the Hall County Sheriff's Department, our local law enforcement, not not even looking at our major cities, just locally, they're probably going to see about 20 to 30 a year. Whew. Multiply that times a 20 to 30 year career, the traumatic stuff. I'm talking, you know, anything from uh, horrible deaths to just having to hold a child that has just been assaulted. Ugh. Um, to having to forcefully remove a child from its parent because the parent can't take care of them. Uh, those those kind of burdens takes a toll. So let's have fun while we can. Let's smile. Let's That's right. you know. Let's release that in an appropriate way, not how how it was done for so many years. And we're emotional creatures, and it's important that we feel the the negative emotions. I mean, we can get I think into this place where we want to protect ourselves from feeling the bad such to the extent we kind of get where we can't feel anything. That's right. And I think if you, there's so many books out there um, that have been written by different 
both PhDs and people in the career uh, of law enforcement where they talked about getting inside that tomb mm. and just barricading themselves in. And it, it kind of became my mission, supported by my wife. Um, then I got the right staff on board that we really just said, hey, we're going to attack this thing mm. so that people, you know, aren't these, these law enforcement, which is, is such a noble career. Yes. Um, and I think this goes, we're on a, on a business show right now and it goes to any work. If you're not having fun doing what you're doing, mm. go do something else. Mm -hmm. uh, life is too short, and it was not designed not to have fun. Does that mean that there are days that I don't want to be at work? There are days that I don't want to be at work. Are there issues I don't want to deal with? Absolutely. But if I had to rate, then 90 to 95% of the time, I truly enjoy my job. There is worth in my job. It gives me a sense of self-worth. Um, but more than anything, I have fun doing it. Amen. I'm very extroverted, um, and I like coming in and just being with the community or being with the officers. Yeah, you know, uh, that's that's how I get fueled up is by engaging people, just like we're doing right now. Amen. If you're just joining us here on North Georgia Business Radio X, I'm your host Phil Benelli here with Gainesville Chief of Police Jay Parrish, and we're diving right in. So let me ask you this: So you you're you have intentionally done things to help uh, foster a positive attitude and having fun. What do you tell an officer, maybe somebody kind of starting out, and they have just witnessed some traumatic event or a string of them, and they're in a, they're in a, a tough place? Right. So going backwards, and as recently as 10 years ago, um, but 10, we'll say 2010 and previously, before that, all the way back into the 60s and 70s, what did we tell them? Hey, toughen up right you wanted the job be tough mm -hmm. um I be can a man. yeah be a man this is a man's world all that kind of stuff uh and what we saw was extreme rates of divorce very mm -hmm. high rates of divorce mm -hmm. suicide as i said before cynicism it was um and and that got carried out on the community right mm -hmm. where uh phil you know you have to call a cop because something happened to your business or your car and they come there and they have zero emotion. They're just, mm. as uh, as one famous show, the facts and just the facts. Well, it's not about just the facts. Mm. A lot of times it's about the emotion. Mm. What we started to see around, I would just say 2010, and there's nothing to pinpoint that time, was how important mental health was mm -hmm. in addressing this. Mm -hmm. So recently, uh, what we've seen spring up all over the nation and even in our own ranks in our own police department are one uh destigmatizing mental health mm. I, I recently spoke to an officer a retired officer that didn't want to go get um help from a psychiatrist or a psychologist that they didn't want to get help because they're like the the stigma's still there right. i could never be a cop again and i was like no you got to get the help um so we we really tech that we have peer support groups so we have sp uh, about six or seven specially trained officers um huh that kind of understand how to, if that new officer or any officer just goes through a traumatic event, something as traumatic as being involved in a shooting or just seeing a bad car wreck where somebody was injured, somebody mm -hmm. died. Uh, a lot of times it has to do with children and, and tragedies that happen to children. We have a very structured written plan and it's, hey, it's worked in AA 
for decades, right? How do they get through those hard times? With a peer that's been there. Mm-hmm. So all these peer people have had those traumatic events. Oh, wow. They've been trained. They've been, you know, quote unquote healed. And that's the first people to respond. That's cool. And then we have a very robust system after that of if they need professional services, we get them professional services um, through our uh, EAP. We're working on some other uh, projects right now to where we can have uh, some collaboration with some other local counselors that are offering their services uh, for long term and even going into kind of family counseling for police mm. officers. The main thing is we have to treat those traumatic events like a traumatic injury. What mm. would we do if the officer fell down the steps, broke his femur and his femur sticking out his leg, right? Nobody laughs at him. There's no stigma. I can't go to the ER. <laughs> no, we immediately jump on, do first aid, get them to treatment, and then we work through long-term treatment. We have to do our visual injuries and our mental injuries the same way. Mm. Get the people there, deliver the first aid, the mental health first aid, Mm. and then get them into some kind of long-term treatment so that we can save that career, save that dad, save that mom, and have them be in function. Because if they can't function well in their own life, then they can never be a police officer, right? Right. How wise, too. I love that. The intentionality to help overcome the stigma that the first to respond are peers. Right. Like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cop too. Um, I've been through it. And that's, and that's the only thing that's going to work because they don't want to see the chief necessarily. Who would want to see right? the chief perish? When, they, when they're going through that event, they think, hey, you know, the chief may judge me mm. uh, because mm-hmm. I'm crying right now. Yep. And they don't want the, but they don't mind a, a fellow officer. Mm. Same rank, same. And they, they see, hey, Zebras like zebras, right? I know you went through this. So those networks are really becoming stronger in law enforcement. And that peer support network is really going to make a difference in how officers respond Mm. to the public. I love that. When we get back from the break here on North Georgia Business Radio X, let's dive into the ways that you all are serving the community as it regards mental health issues. Sounds great. the mental health of our community, and not just the physical health. Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Jay Parrish, Chief of Police for Gainesville. And uh, if you're just joining us, go back and listen. Uh, some really great, great info in the first segment. But we were just talking about how uh, how much intentionality you and your staff have put, Jay, into mental health for your officers. And I was so inspired Tell us about, I know mental health is just a, a big issue in our community. Absolutely. I think if you look at um, the uh, local health system and their health needs assessment three years ago or whenever they did it, behavioral mental health was like one of the top things, right, for our whole region. Um, and you, you, you don't have to look far. I think the biggest thing is a lot of work has been done locally to destigmatize mental health mm. generally. So mm-hmm. people are more open to talk about it. Like if anybody wants to join in the conversation, I'll tell them about the depression I went through or how I have mm-hmm. family members that suffer from anxiety. I learned a lot about it. Um, however, right before I was uh, appointed police chief, I knew I'd be going through the interview process for chief. And although I'd worked here for almost 20 years at that time, I still had to sell myself mm-hmm. because certainly 
um, the city manager and the mayor and council at the time. Gainesville's a lucrative place. They could have pulled a police chief from anywhere mm. with a lot of accolades uh, mm. behind their name. And, and I had to get them to take a chance on me. And to do that, I did just kind of an in-depth study of what we needed, what needed to change, and what programs could I bring forward. At that time, it was uh, late 2018, so we're only a few years out of Ferguson. And what happened in Ferguson, and if you'll kind of remember the whole 14 to 16, 2014 to 16, it was a even before George Floyd's murder, it was a lot of unrest, um, a lot of, uh, you know, police versus or the black community narrative out there from, mm-hmm. from different streams. And here locally, we were trying to bridge those gaps. The Newtown Floors Club was working feverishly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Reverend Johnson was calling me, and, and we're trying to work out these conversations, these community conversations. But as I looked at a lot of those national incidents, um, what happened in Dallas, five officers shot. Uh, we saw it happen in New Orleans. What what was going on? And I saw that, hey, not specifically and all that, but there was just a lot of undiagnosed, untreated mental illness mm. walking around our communities mm-hmm. in any community. Um, if, you know, if that were the flu, people would be scared to death. Uh, but it, I was like, okay, how can we address this? And there wasn't a lot of it going on at the time. I found two places in Georgia. I think Dallas, Fort Worth was another area. But we were asking police officers to do so much. Oh, yeah. They needed to be a traffic engineer, um, a counselor during a domestic. Uh, they, you know, we needed them to be an, a uh, structural engineer during a car wreck. We were just asking them to do a lot. And, and to move on completely from whatever debacle they right. just were in to the next thing. <laughs> to the next thing, right. What hat do I wear at the next one? And I told a group one day, I was like, you know what? If we had mental health clinicians in the car and y'all could see what our team's seeing, you could see how to address it. And uh, um, somebody came up to me and said, hey, I think we can make that happen if you're being for Mm. real. So I did a lot of research on it, and I kind of put that out there very early on in my interview process. And uh, when I was appointed chief, um, told them, hey, we're going to focus on addressing the mental health needs of our community because the model before then, was if you were somewhat stable, not from poverty, and, you, and not everybody, but certainly if you had family structure and family resources, which was a limited percent, you had a mental health episode, they got you help. The vast majority, um, families had given up on them. They mm. didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to treat them. The person had given up on themselves. Mm. And the solution for the government, and at least for law enforcement, was handcuffs in jail. And so our jails and prison are and have become the largest mental health treatment facilities mm. that we have, right? Mm. And I was like, we cannot criminalize mental health. Mm. And I thought of my own family members that suffered from different mental health uh, issues. And I thought, wow, what if they went into an episode and were criminalized for what they did? And when you get into the criminal justice system, it's not always easy to get out. Mm-mm. And uh, so I said, we got to decriminalize this somehow mm. and, and address the need. That doesn't mean that you don't go to jail. Right. But certainly sometimes jail's the landing spot to start the launch to the next. You know, we, we rescue people from the jail that are ready to work on their issues, ready to take their medication, um, to, because vast majority of mental health can be treated. 
mm. can be maintained to where they're just normal functioning society. But without that medication, without that treatment, without that counseling, and without that support network. So fast forward, um, we worked with the North Georgia Community Foundation, United Way of Hall County, and the North Georgia Health System. And through a huge collaborative effort, um, I have to give Tracy Vardaman a lot of credit. Uh, she's retired now for helping push this along. Certainly, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the hard work Jessica Dudley at the United Way. She had just come on staff mm-hmm. and was kind of drinking this out of a fire hose and helped me write the grant. I've, I probably said that wrong. She wrote the grant, put my <laughs> name on it, right? Um, and we were able to start a pilot program. Um, I give my boss, Brian Lackey, a lot of credit for hearing me out. Like how many bosses are like, hey, here's a novel idea. It hasn't really been done anywhere. And it's going to really flip the model. And I'm going to use funds to do it. But he bought in immediately. And uh, in May, well, actually back up in March of 2020, we brought on a part-time staff member as a uh, mental health clinician, Anjana Freeman, Remember March of 2020. <laughs> and so her first week's our first week of shutting down uh, for COVID. And we began our program of having a co-responder in the field. Athens was doing it at the time. Uh, maybe Savannah, I think that was the other one was Savannah. Now there's plenty of them around the state. And they're mm-hmm. done in all different kinds of collaboration, whether they're internal partnerships with their health system, with other uh, community service. There's been a lot of work last year, not this recent uh, 23 session, but in 22, Governor Kemp and the General Assembly did just wonders of work in the mental health field and making that access uh, more open to others. But our program, uh, we are up to our third clinician. We have three in-house clinicians. Wow. Um, and they do a variety of work. They respond to crisis in the field where uh, arrest may not be the best option, but... Um, getting to a mental health facility like Avita or the North Mm. Georgia Health System or somewhere like that is the best option. And those clinicians can make that happen. Um, A lot of what we do is just follow up. When we find out, uh, Anjana, who is is the manager over the unit and the first lady I hired for it, she's been in the profession for over 25 years. And uh, what she'll tell you is a lot of people, it's just a resource deficiency, right? So Mm. if you don't know where your next food's coming from, your next shelter, you don't have shelter, you're at the bottom of Maslow's Triangle, that whole fight or flight, high cortisol levels, what that leads to, right? Mm -hmm. Jay and Phil don't have to worry about that most of the time. They're always worried. And what she'll tell you, it's a resource deficiency. And our community is so resource rich, but coordination poor. What our program's really done Mm -hmm. is coordinate all those different efforts so that if you need to go to Good News Clinics and go by the food bank, and then get to a shelter, we're making sure all that happens and all three of those groups talk to each other and that the client's getting the best care they can get to hopefully exit that poverty cycle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Whew. So much we could talk about there. Um, and, you know, we think when we see folks who are have done crimes or have issues or are homeless, you know, we're, we're quick sometimes to think, well, it's because we're on drugs or this or that. But when you're at that bottom of that and you're always anxious, you kind of need a way to cope sometimes, I think, too. More when we come back from the break on North Georgia Business Radio. Thanks.
Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Gainesville City Chief of Police Jay Parrish. Uh, and we were talking about mental health, both um, with your employees, the officers, as well as in the community. And you were getting ready to tell us a story about kind of connecting all the dots of, of needs. Let's hear about that. Jay. Right. So in the last segment, we kind of ended before the break on... Um, if you're at the bottom of Maslow's triangle and emotionally, what's that like? And tying it back to the first segment and the officer, they're just seeing it and they've seen it for the thousandth time. But to put it real, I didn't have to worry about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was blessed. Always had food, always had shelter, always had a loving family. always had people that cared about me. Everybody's not that way. And to put it in reality of what can happen, um, let's just say you have a, single mom she's on benefits because she can't afford to support her children through what may be no fault of her own could have been a very successful marriage family but drugs crept in alcoholism whatever it is there's a million reasons somebody could end up in that situation now they're living in government assisted housing well in many housing programs a simple arrest where we live you're innocent until proven guilty, some of these housing uh, stipend contracts and and HUD situations, if you get arrested, it's an immediate eviction. Wow. Um, So now she has a living boyfriend that may be selling drugs, doing something illegal, has a warrant for his or her arrest, and the police show up. For us, we're just serving a warrant. We're just making a drug arrest. For her, mm. it's taken away the shelter. Mm. It's taken away programs. It's taken away um, possibly the kids. Mm. And so it becomes a fight or flight for her, for her only resemblance of life, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if if boyfriend goes to jail. And so it becomes a physical fight. Mm. Having to kind of see things at the big picture is what really makes a difference, um, and that's where our program can step in and mm-hmm. at least try to connect those resources. We don't provide any services, uh, so to speak, but we have a huge book within our mental health clinician program of resources around North Northeast Georgia and especially Hall County. And we start bridging those people together, whether it be a nonprofit, a church, our health system, whatever it is, we bring them together so that that person can get the services they need. And they got to want it. That's Mm -hmm. the bottom line is they got to want it. You know, we see a huge uh, populace of homeless and, you know, it's all riddled with mental health, behavioral health. When I say behavioral health, that's addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, And until somebody wants to make a difference, they can't make a difference. But once they want it, I think Gainesville is one of the most blessed places to have services to get you the help you need. If you're just joining us here on North Georgia Business Radio X, a uh, little different episode today, um, speaking with Chief Jay Parrish, Gainesville City Chief of Police, about a, a slew of issues um, and a lot of that around mental health and dealing with that. And I tell you what, we're there, there's so many things that can be utilized by our business owners and business leaders from this. I want to go back to, if, we, if we're going to have time, to... to the mental health piece, but I want to go back two segments to something you said that I think is key for business, and that's communication. 
And you mentioned when you were becoming the police chief, we were just a couple years off of Ferguson. And then you mentioned George Floyd's murder. First of all, I thought it was it was interesting. You used the word murder, which which I think is appropriate. But that's something there that was probably some pushback from the police community on using that word initially. Right. Um, you know, I think there's transference of all those different incidents, especially when there's a race element. Um, when you watch the George Floyd uh, murder, it's a murder. Mm-hmm. There's no other way about it. Right. Uh, that was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, things were a little different in Ferguson. If you read the grand jury report, mm. uh, there, there, that was a different thing happening. Um, and in several of the others. But. Yes, uh, I don't shy away from what happened to George Floyd, and and I get the rage. I understand the rage. Um, I can't say that I, you know, I'm I'm a Caucasian. I don't know how people of of minority races feel. I try to, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how they feel. I just communicate with them. I talk to them. I try to see things from their eyes. I try to see things from their perspective. I think what shuts us off, and we're seeing it way too much in the political arena, is where you only see one side of the issue. Right. That didn't happen in the 70s and 80s in politics. But now it's like we're polarized to the fact that we're willing to fight for an ideology of politics instead of an ideology that will make a difference in their world. But, you know, to come for full circle, um, I think law enforcement leaders have to really be on top of what's going on nationwide. Mm. Because what's going on nationwide is affecting our local communities. George Floyd was one of the, you know, we had, we had some protests after Ferguson uh, that were appropriate. We didn't have any violence. Floyd, we had some violence. I uh, had an officer that lost some hearing because he got hit in the head with a firework. Uh, we mm-hmm. had a lot of damage. But at the same time, though, I don't condone it and I don't think it's okay. I did understand the rage. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, the the populace, the citizens, are your customers. 100% they are. And, uh, you know, in business, there are sometimes issues that we have with customers. And I love, I distinctly remember uh, during George Floyd protests and everything, you guys were right there. You got all the shareholders from Gainesville PD, Sheriff's Office, Judicial System, and said, hey, protest, let's talk. We want to talk. We want to have a conversation and, and I love that. So much communication. I would love to take credit for that. I got to give it to Reverend Rose Johnson and her mm. team at the Newtown Floors Club. But yeah, we all had to come together because I think what we've all said is we don't want Ferguson, Minnesota, New Orleans. We don't want that in Gainesville, Georgia. And so we got to communicate mm-hmm. and, and we got to share with one another. Um, and I think it did help uh, to to have some police officers out there that, and I say this all the time, it's easy to be mad at a cop. It's hard to be mad at somebody that you know on a first name basis. Oh. So the more people that we can come, you you can be in disagreement and you can call and say, "Hey, I don't like what happened," but to just assign this hatred to somebody you don't really know is easy. To assign that hatred to somebody you know is a lot more difficult unless they have personally wronged you. And it's even more important, as you mentioned, with what goes on nationally, because I remember during those conversations. People had concerns, and they're like, hey, what about this? What about body cam this or that? And you're like, well, we don't even do these things in games. Well, here's what we do. And in the banking industry, you know, I work in banking, and with the uh, recent collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and and some others, you know, we've had to discuss with clients, look, 
this is not us. Your money's safe here. Yeah, th- it's so different. We have to be cognizant of what's giving our clients concerns at a national level and communicate, communicate, communicate. Well, I think that's one thing. You, we had spoke briefly to jump ahead about um, before we started recording, you know, things that have changed in, in my 23-year mm-hmm. career. One of them is just this open access of information. Mm. You know, the amount of information that my 18-year-old son gets in a year is more than his grandfather and great-grandfather got in a lifetime, right? Right. Um, And so this transference in both law enforcement and government, but more importantly in business, the banking uh, example you gave is a great one. We see something happen and the information's in the palm of our hand, literally, um, that we're worried it's going to happen locally. And we don't understand, you know, what happens in one family is not what happens. Just because I have a wife and two sons and the next door neighbors have a wife and two sons and we live next to each other, don't mean we run our houses the same. Doesn't mean, uh, and and I think we got to get to understand that uh, both in business and in government. It's important to know what's going on somewhere else, but it's more important as a citizen to know what's not going on in your community Uh, and how it's addressed. Well, and and they can't unless you tell them. And when customers are mad, uh, a natural reaction is to go and hide and avoid Mm -hmm. it. And the louder the voices are, the more important is to just get out there uh, and admit wrongs and communicate. More when we come back with Chief J. Parrish on North Georgia Business Radio X. Sometimes we hear that cash is king, but is it really that communication is king? Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Gainesville City Police Chief Jay Parrish. And if you're just joining us, really go back and listen to the prior three segments. Some great information. And and the most recent part of the conversation was about communication, especially in those times of difficulty. So we had these events, and we, we were discussing... Um, Chief Parrish before the break about when there were some some protests around uh, around George Floyd and things like that and coming together as the community uh, to conversate. So that was an event, and I'm sure there were several conversations from that due to this, um, let's say, c- customer concerns. Right. Um, so that kind of is lots of things. You kind of passed like a wave in some ways. What's an ongoing community conversation strategy? Uh, I think just these town halls that we have from mm. time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we can't get so focused on Zoom and, uh, and mm. these online. They're, they're good platforms. But I do think our social media channels are, are a good mm. ongoing conversation. What are we putting out both internally and externally through our social media channels? If you're running a business in 2023 and you don't have a very defined social media presence and you're looking for new customers, you're not going to find them because that's where people are going for information now. Um, So I think our social media channels are an ongoing external uh, piece that we have kind of just letting people know this is what's going on inside your Gainesville Police Department. Chief Jay's TikTok. Uh, We haven't got to the TikTok yet. (laughs) 
But I think, you know, I, I watch TikTok all the time. Uh, what was one we were going to do on YouTube? Chief Chats. Chief <laughs> Yeah, chats. what's going on today? Oh, Chief Chats. It. But um, I think social media is a, is a big one. Um, and then anytime you get an opportunity like this just to speak to the community, mm-hmm. whether it's through a radio microphone or in public, civic groups, you've got to be willing to take those and answer those sometimes very tough questions of, of what's going on. Um, because I tell our team a lot of times, it may be a horrible analogy for those in the hotel industry, but it's the one that I can come quickest to. You know, for government, a lot of times law enforcement is the front desk clerk, right? So if mm. you and your family go on a trip or you're going on a business trip and you get to the hotel and your room's not ready, your reservation is wrong, uh, something doesn't go right, who do you complain to? Mm-hmm. The man or woman at the front desk, correct? When that person had very little to do with what went wrong, but they get the brunt of your frustration. Right. I believe a lot of times that's what's going on when, when people are upset with law enforcement. They're just mad at the government. Sure. Um, or anything or else. Or anything else, and anything. you're the first person that they can go off on. And that's where communication and listening skills and all those things become so important. Um, and as I'd said in the last segment, Get on a first name basis. Yep. Start having that conversation, finding out what you can do, and and that when we hear this huge thing in law enforcement, de-escalation, de-escalation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. de-escalation is not a verb; it's an outcome. Mm. Right. The tools that we do to get there are the process of de-escalating a situation, and many times that's listening, and we try to. Hey, I'm Jay. What's your name? How can I help you? We're here to help you. Some of those reiterations of, you know, we do want to help. Um, on the dollar bill, if you look at the back of a dollar bill, you'll see the eagle. In one hand, he's got arrows. In the other hand, he's got an olive branch. I think many times mm-hmm. that's the American law enforcement officer. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing you the olive branch of peace, but I have arrows to protect this community and protect myself mm-hmm. if need be. We want you to take the olive branch. Mm-hmm. I think in business, um, we have this old adage, the customer is always right. Well, if the customer's always right, a lot of businesses will go bankrupt, right. correct? Um, if, if if I build a house and I hire a housing contractor and I say, hey, $100,000 was the budget, and he's like, no, you told me two hundred, he's not going to leave $100,000 on the table. Um, so I think having those open channels of communication, you know our phones destroy that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think email is used inappropriately. I think text messages. You can't have true conversations um, with emotion. Through They're great resources. Don't get me wrong. Um, hey, I'll be there in 10 minutes. There's not a lot of ambiguity in that. But if you need to have a discussion, you got to have those voice conversations. And that's in any business. If uh, we, you know, to tie it back to mental health, we spend a third of our lives at our job. Mm-hmm. Or more, mm-hmm. for many of us more. Mm-hmm. If we're not acting the way that we normally act, then somebody's got to reach out. If I notice that somebody who's never late for work has been late four times this week, don't come at them with, hey, here's your write-up. If you're late again, you're fired. What's going on? Mm-hmm. A little out of character. I'm an ear to listen. Is okay with you? Are you feeling okay? Because mm-hmm. if you tell me, Things don't always have to be disciplinary. You've never been late, and all of a sudden you're late. You've never just blown up on me, and now you're yelling at me. What's going on in your personal life that's affecting you here at work? It takes a lot of maturity to do that. Correct. Thank you for being with us on North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Gainesville City Chief of Police, Jay Parrish. 
as we go into the final uh, segment, Jay, one thing I want to talk about, everyone who runs a business we have on the show uh, has having a hard time finding employees, finding the right employees. And they are not uh, posting for jobs where people get shot at mm-hmm. and yelled at so much. So uh, I think learning the tools of the extreme work environment you're hiring for can be very helpful. So how do you... Get, you know, especially I know after the the George Floyd protests, it was right. like there was way less people were getting out of law enforcement. How do you get people on your team? It's very difficult. It's one of the, it's probably internally the most difficult thing that I mm. face because we lost a lot of people to private industry, mm-hmm. just like the healthcare industry after the pandemic to law enforcement after um, some of the you know national events like Floyd and um, th- those type of events. It was like, where did the workers go? And we had veteran officers that hadn't reached retirement age, hadn't been vested. They were leaving the profession and just said, I'm going to do something else. It's not worth it. But here's the reality. Um, Usually your work is your calling. Mm -hmm. And we got several of those officers back. They went out and tried the private thing. But for most cops, it's just a calling. God put it in their DNA. um, And for for that purpose they wanted to come back is it difficult is it easy to get employees no i'm facing the same thing you know though this generation will go down the street for less than a dollar uh to another employer but at the same time uh you don't want to leave you've got to build an organization that people want to be a part of mm-hmm. um you know one of the one of my captains actually said to me today People don't go play college football necessarily for a coach. Sometimes they play for the university, right? Mm. The coach is just a part of that. That's kind of the environment we try to build mm-hmm. is the Gainesville PD brand. And whether it's Jay Parrish at the front of that organization or whoever, that our values are the same, uh, our work ethic is the same, all that is in place. And that's what the men and women are there for. They're not mm. there for me. They want to be part of something bigger. I think the United States Marine Corps has probably done the best job of that, right? Who uh So at the the end of the day, um, we want these employees to know that if you come on our team, you're going to be part of something bigger than you are. Mm. And that's that's kind of what we try to sell, sell our value system, which is the pillar, professionalism, integrity, loyalty, leadership, accountability, and respect. Um, we believe that we're a pillar of the community. If you take us away, the community, part of it will be out of balance. I'd say so. And, uh, so I think that is the biggest thing, but it is so difficult right now to find employees. It's like, where did they go? (laughs) You know, and you, you, I think you're so wise to sell the culture and that's what you got to have. And, and then to keep the good ones you get with the culture. Um, and it, I think it is a calling, a, a calling to serve. And um, so finding those folks with that calling and then attracting them and with, you know, everyone who's who's having success hiring, it is about that. Right. And I'll, I'll say this in our last minute, because I think there's some transference to the private business. Uh, we changed our model of recruiting and hiring last March of March of 22. And we do it like the military does. Uh, and what I mean by that, when we find somebody interested we go after them. Go after Used to, them. if you filled out something wrong on an application, we said, oh, they don't pay attention to detail, and we didn't call you back. But you give a phone call that you're interested in being a police officer, you're getting a, a cop's calling you, we're begging you to do a ride-along, we're trying to immerse you in our culture. Man. Um, you know, it's just like a, a military, Army, Marine, Air Force, Navy recruiter to that high school student that shows that they got interest. 
we go after them. That's and that's awesome. the new model. If you find an employee that's interested, go after them. Let them know you want them. All right. Business Radio X family, build the culture. If you see a good employee, go and get them and fight to keep them. And when you have issues, internally or externally, communicate, communicate, communicate. Chief J, thank you so much for being here with us on North Georgia Business Radio X. Thank you. Been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Vanelli. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. See you next time and remember to support our local businesses. <laughs>